0: The South Congress Podcast is a weekly lifestyle show that covers a wide variety of subjects. It occasionally touches on mature ideas and features inspired dialogue and can include suggestive language. In other words, it's not a game over here. Listen, learn, and enjoy.
1: Yep. 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 Blackball!
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Stand on the backs of a million. They died for our lives before we were children. Some of us, we tryna make us a billion. on real estate, fancy cars in the buildings. I'm trying to build foundations like a Seminole. And stop the wars where they're looking for the mineral. I ain't really heard no truth in a minute, bro. And watch the rappers, they salute to a row. They talk shit when I all about freedom. It's been a long time, right, somebody got freedom.
3: South Congress Podcast Fan by Fan Show. I am Cameron and uh, this week I'm joined by my man Ted from the Countdown City Geek Cast. Ted, how's it going, man?
4: Fantastic, sir. Been uh, waiting for my shot to get on here. Yeah, I've been man. Following, been following the show for a long time, man. Um, I got to catch up on the, the, your preacher episodes, though. Uh, I'm behind on those, but every single week with the Flash stuff, Flash is like my favorite show, my son, too. We watch it all the time. And so uh, here we are, man, flying together. This is awesome. Look, so now I'm blushing.
3: Look, um, so, so here's probably, like, I'm not the type of person. I don't have a lot of regrets in life. Kind of what happened in life happened. I regret that, you know, I, and, and it's guys like you and um, my man Mike, who I did uh, one of our South Congress interviews with. Like, I regret that there are people who had similar interests and ideals and goals that I didn't know about when I was in high school. Because you and I have known each other since we were, what, 13, 12? I was, I I was think... 13. <laughs> so, and yeah, like, I
4: was 14. You were 13. Yeah. yeah.
3: Right. So, like, I'm just now finding out in the last, like, two or three years, like, you're into all this comic book stuff and all this geek stuff. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, you know, when I was in school, because, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Ted, you um, you ran cross country back in school, right? You ran cross country on some track, right? Exactly. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, you know, I'm playing, I'm playing football, so in Texas, like, it's a year-round thing, and then you do doing cross-country, like, that's what you're doing at one point, and then that transitions into track, so you're always doing something, so I'm just like, I was so busy doing the things I thought I was supposed to be doing at the time, that I'm like, oh, there were people who were, like, into things I was into outside of sports and stuff in school that I could have been doing this stuff with. So now it's like, I mean, it's cool now that we're adults and we have, like, our own money to pursue these things and, like, our own kind of schedule <laughs> to work on. But it's like, man, yeah. I wish I would have known. Um, so, yeah, before, because um, I've actually told a couple people what we're doing today, but before we get into it, um, just kind of let the audience know, Like, some of the things you watch, um, because I know you follow, you know, all the movie stuff, all the show stuff. I don't know how much, um, like, you actually read as far as the comics go, but just kind of give the audience kind of a general idea of, like, what your interests are, you know, earlier on and at this point.
4: Around this point, I try to stay up to date with as much media as possible. Um, You've already mentioned it. I have my own show. We've been doing it for about a year now. Uh, The Countdown City Geek Craft started with a couple of friends of mine, a couple of cousins of mine. And uh, it was really just because we would talk about our favorite shows every week. And the discussions were great. And we'd be making jokes, making fun of each other. And and we just decided, let's let's put this online. And uh, we started doing that. But I think it kind of started with The Walking Dead. Um, okay. that was like, I think that's kind of one of the first, I don't know, modern day comic book show that has really created this crazy fandom and everything else that came after that, the DC stuff, the Marvel stuff, try to follow all of that absolutely as much as possible. And then I'll sprinkle in the big dramas, the, uh, you know, Breaking Bad, the House of Cards,
2: mm-hmm.
4: anything that. I hear is good that it's worth watching. I try to watch it. It's good and it's bad. It's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Your it's a good thing full, because your DVR is full. My DVR is always full. Yeah. And then I'm trying to talk to people, and they're like, "Hey, have you seen this yet?" I'm like, "No, but it's number two on the to-do list."
2: Mm-hmm. And
4: so I'm catching up with a lot of stuff. And it what, what hurt the most is actually my reading. I have not bought a comic. Well, I've probably bought maybe two trades in the last year, but other than that, I have not had a lot of time. I have a, I have a brand new trade. Um, I had a recent Batman one. Somebody bought me the Incorporated, Batman Incorporated, okay. one of them. And uh, I haven't even started it because you know, I know life gets really busy the older you get. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's, it's crazy busy right now. There's a lot we're trying to do right now. I have a son. You and I talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's getting into this whole gaming thing. I'm mm-hmm. trying to run with that and trying to create a gaming channel for him. So oh, uh, nice. that's yeah, yeah. So his name is AJ Nightwing. Uh, plug. Uh, that yeah, channel I is gonna work Minecraft yeah. and all this other stuff that he's into. <laughs> Yeah, so um, there's a lot. I'm actually trying to get a new media site out. Uh, We have the podcast already, but I'm trying to get an overall media site out. Um, That's in the works as well. A lot coming later on. But if you want to check out um, our Facebook page and all that good stuff, Countdown City Geekast, we're just into all the same stuff you guys are. Every comic book show from DC to Marvel to whatever else is out there. And uh, every freaking movie, every movie that's coming out. So, yeah, that's what we're all doing.
3: So, so, so since you took us there, let's talk movies, and let's let me let's, let me tell everybody why this happened basically. So, yeah, let's do that. Here's here's the thing. So, um, I, and you know, I don't I don't throw this out to a lot of people, but I think there are people who are like, there's bad guys and there's regular guys and there's good guys, and I've always thought of you as a good guy, like e- ever since I known you. Um, and here's the thing it it translates you know from being kids to being adults because if if somebody didn't know us and they saw us walk out of the exact same movie they would think you're a very positive person and then I'm a very negative person that's how they perceive (laughs) it and I would yeah okay yeah and what um you know what got me was um you know our buddy Nathaniel that we came up with really wanted to um he was like guys I want to talk about the movie and Nathaniel's horrible about saying spoilers out of nowhere like hey, your guy has no coos and he knows it but um you know he posted and he was like okay guys i've seen the movie and uh, basically we've had enough time pass, so um let's talk about it and i was like you know i could talk about it on facebook or i can call ted and we can just do a review of the movie um and, and the other half of what maybe we wanted to do it was basically how we um how we felt about batman versus superman Because I was way, like, not way down on it. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. (laughs) But I was way more down on it than than anybody around me probably was. And you were way more positive about it than anybody I saw was, objectively. Because I have friends who um, really live by the code where, oh, it's a movie. It's in theaters. It's the people I want to see in it. Automatically a good movie. And and they'll defend that to the death. Perhaps. Um, But, no, I think... That you, and it's funny, we had this conversation. Um, I think that, you know, even though you were more positive about uh, that movie, I think you presented mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. you were more positive about it. So I was like, okay, like he's not just throwing out words to throw out words, like he means what he's saying. So, you know, before we get into the movie we're going to talk about, um, you know, my biggest gripes, because I did go ahead and watch the. Um, yeah, just cut. Yeah, yeah. I watched the director's cut, Batman vs Superman, and I was like, you know, it's a longer movie. One, um, things make <laughs> more sense, but I still don't like what I'm seeing. Um, I hear you. But people have heard me talk about that movie for three or four shows. Um, let them know, you know, why you thought the movie was good. Some of the things that impressed you about the movie before we get into this next one, because I think it feeds in.
4: Here's here's I'll I'll try to make it short as possible because I know I could talk about it all day long. I'm going to try to get to a quick two or three points about it, but the most important thing that I, I look for in a movie is am I engaged? Am I hmm. having a good time? How am I feeling right now? If I'm feeling one way throughout a whole movie and that feeling never changes, it's probably not a good movie because yeah. I'm not engaged in any way. And listen, you and I, we're not out talking about Oscar-worthy movies, right? Mm-hmm. We're not here trying to figure out the cinematography and how well the writing was and all this other stuff. So my main thing is like, am I engaged? Am I having a good time? And uh, it's kind of like a video game. Playability. Would I play this over and over? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. All right, so my experience with Batman movie Superman was like a whole nother planet. I don't know what was in the soda at the movie theater, <laughs> but everybody in my theater was like, it was like a wrestling match. Like
2: mm. we were
4: chanting, we were yelling, we were laughing out loud. Like we were high-fiving all of that. A sporting event. I could not. And I, I saw the movie twice in theaters. And the second time was the exact opposite. It was like being in church, uh, okay. a very quiet church now now what was the, first, the uh
3: what was the the time difference as far as uh, like I, i'm sure you saw saw it the first time that first weekend the second time you saw oh, yeah. it like when was it and what time of day was it
4: first the first showing oh, okay so the first time i saw it it was opening day it was thursday movies are now opening on thursdays and uh i believe it was six o'clock they do six o'clock times now seven o'clock got pushed away i feel like it's black friday like, it's getting sooner and sooner and sooner and sooner. And movies are just going to start opening at, like, Wednesdays at noon pretty soon. Like, they keep moving the time back. So the first showing was that Thursday. Very first showing was at 6 p.m. And then the second time I saw it was, I think that's Saturday. And it was sometime in the afternoon. So, but I was shocked at how drastically different the experience was Mm. with the crowds so back back to what i like about the movie this is by far the best batman and that's probably what made it that good for me was that i always knew i really did when after got announced that this would be the closest thing to a common book Batman we'd ever get. And I, mm-hmm. I still stand by that. Now, what I what I do when I see comic book movies, which it's really hard to do, is to not be so possessive with these characters. Yeah. It, because even though this is the closest Batman we've gotten from the comics, it's still the writer's Batman, it's still the director's Batman, the producer's Batman. He doesn't need to have every characteristic that Batman should have. And so things that people gripe about, Batman shooting people up, Batman taking people out. Taking I'm people like, out, shooting them taking and taking them, them out, out and blowing them up and doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can actually agree with some of the depth because this is a Batman that has been hell-bent on revenge for two years. Oh, this is a Batman so I'm that's to,
3: actually like, he's not having women over and drinking uh, sparkling cider pretending it's liquor or champagne.
1: <laughs> he's actually yes. waking
3: up next to women he really bedded and drinking.
4: Like this is yeah. Batman's living this his is, life. Well but like I said though, he's on this revenge like plot. No it's no, and, and this
3: is something that we'll totally. talk about with um yes. you know with the movie that we discuss. But no. It's I, I don't mind you changing aspects of a character that cool. has been one way for so long. As long yes. as you give us the rationale for why it happened, like as long oh, as it's part of the story. And no, I, one thing that. I can't refute: like Batman in Batman versus Superman was the best Batman that's been produced. I that's, I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
4: So as, as soon as that opening scene happened, and my, I said in, in our review uh, of the show uh, with the other podcast that that was one of the best. Opening sequences to any movie that I've seen, I think they nailed the opening sequence. Um, but you see it all right there, like it, you see the fire in his eyes, and I'm like, this is a whole new Bruce Wayne, and I'm gonna go with whatever Bruce Wayne they put out there. You, you can't, you can't just hold on to your characters. Listen, if if we're so critical. Of this Batman and what he does and all that, we should have been complaining about Hugh Jackman as Wolverine because he's not five foot two. Because he's like a whole, he's
3: a whole six one, six
4: two, and
2: slim yeah, waistline,
4: and yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's,
4: it's it's because it's Batman. It's because it's Superman, and they're so well known. So uh, fanboys, we, we tend to get very possessive of things. Um, you could look at the whole Ghostbusters movie and the reviews and all that backlash. So, anywho, uh, other stuff. Man, Superman and Superman, I, I don't mind that. Lex Luthor, I kind of let that go. I, I still want a... Um,
3: you want a real Lex Luthor.
4: More stoic. Yeah, I think the best version of that character was in Young Justice.
3: Yeah. Young Justice, the animated
4: yeah. series. Like, that's the Lex Luthor I want to see that we haven't seen yet. So, still want that guy. Uh, Don't know when we're going to get him. Doomsday, I let that slide because he morphs as he gets stronger. That's cool. Don't mind that. Um, The whole Martha thing, I buy the whole Martha thing, but not for the reasons the movie told me. I bought it for a whole nother reason, and I'll, I'll lay that out real quick during the entire fight between uh, Clark and Bruce, Bruce is not only like, you know, being the snot out of him every now and then, but he's verbally abusing him and he keeps differenti- uh, differentiating, or differentiating the two of them by saying, you're not a man, you're just an alien, mm-hmm. men are brave, you'll never be brave. So this entire time, I feel like Bruce is trying to distance himself from Superman as much as possible. And when you get to that point, that climax and, uh, Lois, Lois runs in there and says, that's the name of his mom. It's not Bruce just finding out that, you know, he said his mom and they have the same name and all that. It's that, uh, two of them, have so much in common. Mm-hmm. They were both raised by a person named Martha, but he's a lot more human than Bruce kind of finds out. So I think it's that shock that really kind of sold it for me. So it's not just the fact that they got a mom the named Martha, but he kept trying to distance himself from him so much. And in the end, they are far more alike than he could ever imagine. So... Yeah. All no, in no. all, yeah. No, I, I, I
3: agree with with what you're saying. I think even in the course of this conversation, though, like as I'm counting, I'm like, he's right, but he gives so many more passes than I do on stuff. But no, <laughs> I again, like the yeah. it's not, and and that's the thing about my opinions on things you say. Again, like it's mm-hmm. not like I disagree with them. It's that I think in some cases you're more forgiving, even though we feel the points are the same. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's, it's nice. Like, I think when people sometimes see us talking on, on like Facebook about like a movie and stuff, they think we're actually arguing. And it's like, no, it's just like one, when you type words out, it looks a certain way because they're, you're typing So, so it, it takes on its own tone, but it's like, no, this is somebody whose opinion I respect. I think that, you know, if, um, if him and I are presenting, like, uh, a criminal case, like, I hope he's the one defending me because he's seeing the good in me. He's not, you know, he's actually saying stuff about my character, not just the facts, because the facts might get me in trouble. But, no, um, it's even like you said, because, you know, me being a big wrestling guy, the crowd plays a big role in the event. And so, like, um, the, the movie that we're going to talk about in a second, like, there were people who stood up and clapped at the end who I laughed at because they were being ridiculous. But I appreciate <laughs> the enthusiasm. So um, There you go. You know, without further ado, let's talk about it, man. We
4: are let's discussing do do
3: um, the, I guess you'd call it the, the third movie in the uh, DC Cinematic Universe. We're talking about Suicide Squad. Um, I know it's been a while since you've, since you've read, um, as far as uh, any type of regular issue, but you know. Anybody who reads and follows things to a level like you and I do, you know, are familiar with the components and kind of the story and the makeup of the Suicide Squad. So, before we get into the specific movie, what were kind of your
4: expectations going in, if any? I really wanted to. I would. I really wanted for WB to have an enjoyable film. I. I was mostly surprised by Guardians of the Galaxy. No movie has ever surprised me more than Guardians of the Galaxy. Agreed. I was with like zero uh. expectations and I walked out of that theater and I was astonished. I had no words. I looked at the party that I was with and I, I said to them literally, What just happened? How did we just go in there not expecting anything? And we came out to like one of the best well-written, and entertaining films of all time. Um, I really wanted WB just to come out and make an entertaining film. Didn't have to surpass our wildest expectations. Let's just get the ball rolling. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted a lot of people, a lot of the actors, to have success. I kind of was going in, uh, biased, expecting Will Smith to be Mike Lowry from uh, Bad Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to say Mike Larry was not in that film at all. No, he was not. By far. So I wanted uh, Jared Leto to have his his time to shine. Uh, I really wanted Margot Robbie to pull off Harley Quinn. The trailers, I didn't get enough to decipher whether or not it was going to be a successful portrayal of Harley Quinn. But uh, she did a great job. I think they could have given her more spotlight than Deadshot or any of the other characters. I think she, she played more of a, how would you say, a reactionary character. She kept mm-hmm. reaction, uh, reacting to a lot of the events that was happening around her, but mm-hmm. I wanted her to be more of uh, a lead figure and all that. But she did have a couple of great moments, um, but that was it for me. I wanted to be entertained. I wanted to have a lot of fun. I wanted WB to sort of take a, a, a step in the right direction. Um, sure. How about you? What were you expecting going on? No,
3: next? my thing was don't fuck this up. Like, I was <laughs> I was really like <laughs> – only because, like, I'm – I didn't like Man of Steel, okay? Um, I saw it – because I'm not a Zack Snyder guy. I think Zack Snyder makes really, really pretty movies in his own tone. I think that they lack soul for the most part. Oh, um,
2: totally, like, totally. I love
3: totally. – um, you know, Watchmen is one of my favorite books, not comic books, one of my favorite books of all time. I think it's an incredible murder mystery that leads to like this big espionage scene. I just think it's so smart. And I think like that backdrop of like, uh, you know, Richard Nixon and Cold Wars, and it's just, it's just so smart. Um, and it disappointed me to no end that and it's funny, my, my buddy Chuck, who does our artwork, is, um, of course, he's a cartoonist, and he loves that movie. And I'm like, how can you, who makes things look so good, not see that this doesn't have any soul? But, you know, you can't tell anybody <laughs> anything. Um, What's what Man of Steel? Oh, Watchmen. Watchmen. Oh, uh, you know, not um, like Watchmen? No, no, no. I, and, again, it's, it's beautiful, and the book yeah. I love, and I just thought it was just soulless. Um, but then Man of Steel comes you. along, I, I also think it's beautiful, and... I, it has good actors. Like I love, uh, I love Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, his name always escapes me. But I love uh, the actor that played Zod. What is it, Michael? Uh, gosh, it escapes me. Um, Michael,
4: that's I know. Yeah, that's yeah.
3: Um, and, and I think oh, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. I, I think he's there you go. There you go. So good. Um, and you know Henry Cavill, who I saw in Troy. Like he's fine. Amy Adams is fine. Like they're all you know, they're all good, and Sally Field is good, and Kevin Costner is good. I just think that, you know, you put all these pieces together, you still come up with this like visually stunning movie, and I just could not be made to care about it. But part of that could be me having that thing about Superman, where I'm like, this guy's not interesting. But, you know, we get to, <laughs> we get to Batman vs. Superman, and I kind of have some of the same complaints. So we get here, and I'm like, you know, much like Guardians of the Galaxy, like you mentioned,
2: mm-hmm. it's
3: something that you don't necessarily need to go blow for blow from the comic because these aren't beloved characters. Like Harley Quinn fa- fairly is a beloved character in that, oh, totally. you know, this is something that came from, like, somebody who's so popular, they were created specifically as a one-off for the animated series, and now they're probably, after after Wonder Woman, probably the biggest, you know, matter of fact, probably – over Wonder Woman, if you're talking sales, probably the most iconic female figure in comics right now. You know, So she's a big deal. Let's not pretend she's not, but you only know Deadshot if you played the Arkham video games or you watched the animated Arkham movie or you watch Arrow. Other than that, you don't know who Deadshot is. You sure as shit <laughs> exactly right. don't know who Rick Flagg is. Or Enchantresses, because it ain't the Marvel Enchantress and you don't know El Diablo, right, right. and you sure don't know Captain Boomerang unless you watch Flash. Nah. So, you know, yeah. these are all characters where you kind of have, you know, a certain level of creative license, you know, if you choose to go that route. So my thing was, you know, it of course it can't be as good as Guardians of the Galaxy, because Guardians Out of Nowhere is a top five Marvel movie with no characters anybody knew. So, you know, exactly. you can't do that. But I'm like, you know. This is your first chance to have characters that people won't cling on to to tell your own story, and you can kind of figure out later how you're going to weave that into the grand scheme of things. All right, but um, you know, kind of like you said, I thought you know Margot Robbie was good. Um, again, they didn't give her things to do on her own necessarily, and you put it better than I ever could. Like her character is pretty much reactionary. You and you got the majority of character development you got from her was in facial expression and in flashbacks. So she wasn't giving mm-hmm. out a lot to do. Now, the guy who at one point was making twenty million dollars a movie, Will Smith, I understand why you went with him as kind of your lead central character. Um, you know, one of the complaints I heard about him was, you know, people didn't like the fact that they went with the uh Dead Shot has a daughter he carries about and that's his motivation story. Some people wanted the more Oh, I just really have to kill people, and me having this great aim is just a byproduct of that. So people wanted that. I'm like, no, it's Will Smith. Like, you get what you paid for, and that's why you brought that guy in to add charisma to a bad guy's role. And I thought like he was he was really good. Now, and this is something that we'll talk about. Did he black it up a little bit? Yeah, he blacked it up a little bit. <laughs> and probably, like, like the biggest concern you'll have for this movie, if you're someone who doesn't follow along with the source material, you know, there were definitely some some racial elements that it was like, oh, come on, guys. And, and we'll discuss that. But, no, I thought he was good. Now, <laughs> who I knew was going to be good in the movie was Viola Davis. Cause, oh, and, yeah. Like, and I think, like, a- as far as bringing somebody to screen – like, she couldn't have done any better being Amanda Waller. No. Like, um, all do you watch – and I know you watch Flash. How much Arrow do you watch?
4: Uh, all of it, okay. pretty much. All of so it,
3: yeah. I – and this is no disrespect at all to Viola Davis, who is certainly an attractive woman in her own right. But I took mm-hmm. issue with skinny, young, sassy Amanda Waller because – I think that one of the great aspects of the character in the comics is that there's nothing conventional about her. Like, one, she's a woman in that position of power. Two, she's a black woman in that position of power. And three, like, she's, you know, a heavyset woman, a powerful woman in that position of power. So, like, all these things, at least how I'm interpreting them, they really give way to just what her character is, what her smarts are, that she can advance to that position and maintain that while not being talked talk down to about those things from her subordinates. You know, e- even in the scene we saw where, you know, she's in kind of the war room, like the disrespect that she felt had nothing to do with her physically. You know, it was really about the situation that they were in. So, you know, I think Viola Davis just did a phenomenal job. Um,
4: it was it, it was perfect it was perfect casting, like mm-hmm. right from the get go. I was like Amanda Waller needs to be attitude turned up to an eleven at all times. Mm-hmm. Like there's no sassier character in, in comics. I like I that's the hardest person you're ever gonna see in a comic book, I think. At least for a female especially. Mm-hmm. And and talking about arrow, Amanda Waller, Amanda Waller could have been skinny when she was younger, you know, and then <laughs> working the job. This she is, got uh, she got a lot of stress working the job, and she gained some pounds later on. Come on, no, kids. no, 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 on, no. None,
3: of, none of that's false. <laughs> I just, you know, it's funny, like, um, you know, people don't how people don't typically age in comics. Like Wally West ages in comics because he has to, yeah, yeah. and like Definitely. uh, like Jubilee ages in comics because she has to, and Franklin Richards ages in comics because he has to. But you know, most of the characters we get are somewhere between thirty and forty five and they're kind of stuck in that age. So I think of her as like a, a static character, not really progressing, so that's, you know. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But no, as mm-hmm. far as her attitude, I mean, some of the best things you'll see like there's, you know, one of her iconic panels is her jumping in Batman's face during an argument in the comics. And yeah. then, you know, probably the best thing that happened in, in Justice League was when like she he says something to her and she says like uh, chill out rich boy and he automatically realizes she knows who he is and he's taken aback. So so yeah she's um like vile Valdez, she was in even when she wasn't in control she was in control as evidenced by and guys there will be spoilers in here so get ready for those you know when she shoots up everybody holding up bu- a bunker with her <laughs> you know when they finally get her out out of uh out of that building when they went to go save her. Like, they didn't have clearance, and she just kind of shoots them up. Now, um, that kind of gives way to – I think we've said a lot of positive things about these movies. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's talk about a few things that may have concerned you with uh, with Suicide Squad. What are some things, and not necessarily things you hated about the movie, but kind of some things that might have had you, you know, kind of in your feelings and in your head as everything went along?
4: somewhere around the second act, because by, by no means was this a perfect, you know, A-plus, four-star four movie, you know. I enjoyed a lot of it, let's put it that way, and I had a lot of fun watching it. But somewhere in around the second act, later in the second act, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, I'm not really having any fun right now. And it started to occur to me that this kind of upbeat, enjoyable, you know, quick line tone we started with had somewhere in the movie kind of fizzled away. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when it happened, but I quickly started remembering in the trailers, like there's supposed to be a line right here that I laughed at, that Margot Robbie says, and now it's not there. It really would have worked right there. And, oh, this is where so-and-so says this line. And that was pretty funny in the trailer, and it's not there now. Um, And it's not just Suicide Squad. Every movie does Mm this. I remember watching Ant-Man thinking like, hey, what happened to all the funny lines that he said in all the trailers? Like, they took a bunch of funny lines out of that movie out for no reason at all. Mm -hmm. So somewhere around the second act, we lost the whole, like, fun, upbeat, enjoyable tone, and it had a lot of pacing problems. And it had a lot of editing issues around that too. So it ended up being just an average or kind of subpar movie around that point in time. Mm -hmm. I think we started off on a high and I think the villain, the big bad being Enchantress, I didn't know about it. They clearly didn't want you to know about it because Mm -hmm. it wasn't in the trailer. So I was like, Hey, that's kind of cool. And I know you and I talked a little bit about the plot and, it gets kind of sketchy and a little shady, you yeah. um, know. I don't know if I should talk about what I would have changed because I'm not a director or a writer, but I think if you have this group of people, like one or two of which have abilities and the rest are just really, really bad people, you probably start off with taking out, like, uh, a terrorist group or uh, some sort of, uh, I don't know, no you said like what
3: you called it city. second act like there's a mission missing that we yeah.
0: that
1: should have been there hey cameron hey Faye. uh
0: got a question for you go ahead do you like podcasts
1: i love podcasts like tv podcasts and movie podcasts sports podcasts comic podcasts I love podcasts
0: so have you ever wondered which podcasts are created in austin
1: i mean i have like you know i pretty much listen to podcasts in new york or la or chicago so i don't really know what's created here in austin
0: you know you should really check out the satchel podcast player
1: the satchel podcast player
0: yeah it's the world's first podcast player that lets you find both locally sourced and locally focused podcasts right in your hometown
1: so like living here in austin i could find a podcast about local music or if i lived in philadelphia I could find podcasts about Philly cheesesteaks. Or if I lived in Montana, I could find podcasts about whatever it is they do in Montana. Through the Satchel Player?
0: Yeah, on your iPhone or your Android.
1: So no matter what phone I have, I can get the Satchel Player.
0: Exactly. And you can also donate to your local podcast with the app.
1: So like, if I'm in LA and there's like a really cool podcast about surfing, I could give the guy like 100 $100. So we can get a new surfboard.
0: I mean, you could, but it's whatever you like, you know, a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, whatever you want to contribute to your local podcast.
1: So if I wanted to give him like three dollars for surfboard wax, I could do that.
0: You definitely could.
1: Very nice. Very nice. So, yeah, sounds like I'm going to be getting a satchel player.
0: Yeah, you can download it at satchelplayer.com or your native app store.
1: Hey, good looking out. I think so. I don't, I, don't,
4: I don't know what was supposed to, to go on, but yeah, th- I think, mm, I thought about it today, actually, because I knew we were going to do this. Yeah. And I was like, how can you introduce this team better? Because I sort of liked the way they introduced everyone, but it took too long. Mm. It really did. We didn't have to spend all that time. So Guardians of the Galaxy did something that was kind of cool, um, where it kind of just, throw people in and they don't you don't need to get the backstory of Gamora or you don't need to get the backstory of where Rocket and Groot came from but I would have rather seen I don't know if you can remember this or if you saw this movie you remember the remake of A-Team?
3: The remake of the A-Team yes
4: of course okay yeah that movie started out in the middle of a mission with the group already together mm-hmm. already kicking ass having fun we'll find out who they are later down the road I would have done that with this team. Send them in some third-world country, taking out some terrorist leader or, I don't know, whoever, really, Um, some leader of some organization. Go in there, wreak havoc, airplane them out, make it funny, make it amusing and entertaining, and then we'll find out who they are later. Like, just jump in with both feet, and I think it starts us off at a much better pace and we don't have to spend the time sort of going through the backstory and all that. Agreed. Um, although, I did enjoy the Joker-Harley Quinn flashbacks. That was pretty cool.
3: Now, I'll say this. I enjoyed the flashbacks. I hated the relationship.
4: I absolutely hated I, it. Um, I hope we see more of it, though. I hope well, we find here's out when the thing. If, yes, switch clicked. To be fair, now –
3: I, and, and that's probably the biggest issue I have because these people aren't dumb. You know what I mean? Like They know the Harley-Joker relationship. And you know anybody who might be listening to this who's been under a rock forever, it's an abusive relationship. It's Joker holding the power. It's Joker manipulating Harley, Harley being the one in love and not realizing she's being manipulated. And that's pretty much how the relationship's been treated from Jump Street. They chose to make it seemingly an actual love story um, where the two of those genuine feelings for each other, um, you know, and, and common had to die over it for, for just (laughs) like, and to me that was really good. I thought there's probably some lines in there that we missed, but it was, Hey, your girl's fine. Oh, you want her? He's like, Hey man, I don't want no dis like, I don't want no problems. She's fine. I'm just saying. And you know, ends up costing him his life. And I think for for, common, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the check was probably nice, but yeah. It was, uh, it was a rough way to go. Um, but no, I thought Jared Leto was um, was fine. And what he did, we didn't get too much of it. Like, I don't mind dapper-dressed Joker, because Joker isn't always uh, sewed-together suit. You know, he's not always Heath Ledger, who was fantastic. But, you know, I thought Jared Leto was good in what they gave him to do now. Um, when I heard that originally, and they actually shot the scene where when Harley gets in the helicopter, he pushes her out. Like, I'm like, oh, that's the Joker I know and love. That's who I expect to see. And you know, we didn't get that. Um but to no, I think the flashback, her or to kill her. No, to 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 kill her well not necessarily to kill her, but she was the weight that they needed to get off to get away. <laughs> or she was the <laughs> thing they were chasing. So yeah, I'm like, no, that's that sounds about right. That's how that should go. But no, I agree. I think the flashback when they're dancing in the chemicals is really cool. I think when he gives her the shock therapy is joker to me. Um, and it sounds like, you know, when they were talking and he was asking her for things, it was, you know, him manipulating her. Um, but when he broke her out of prison, I was just like, this is – there's more story that we're missing that we're not being given. But, um, you know, that being said, again, like you said, he was not the chief antagonist. I, I thought the stuff with Enchantress was way too convenient. Um, and it's funny. You talk about you not being a director. When you explained it to me, it made way
4: more sense than it did in the movie. So thank you for taking the time to figure it out. Because I was like, nah. I, I, tend to, I tend to see, and listen, it, you could do it with any movie, but I tend to want to see, like, you know, where has it worked before? Where have we seen this? And it, they kind of pulled it off.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and I listen, I love this director. I, he, he wrote the Training Day. He directed mm-hmm. Fury. End of Watch. Like, I love all these movies. Um, I could watch them, like, all the time. Interwatch and the watch is so
3: good. And, and me. I mean, oh my God. With, the, uh, with the action, action scenes that he shot, like, you know, this is, you know, whereas Guardians of the Galaxy is lasers and fists and Avengers is shields and hammers and fists. No, this is, we don't have superpowers. We're shooting guns at you. And, yes. you know, I, I think of the scene where, um, and, you know, they conveniently killed very few actual people. Um, which is a good staple of the uh, of the superhero supervillain team up movie. They killed you know mindless drones at that point, but um, you know the, the shot with Deadshot on top of the car with his uh, wrist cannons shooting everything in motion and everybody else just being in awe of what he's doing was perfect. Like there's perfect. no better way to illustrate that character um so no it was it was a very like visually it was pretty like i heard one of the complaints was that the movie was too dark i'm like no it was a good looking movie to me i thought it was um you know i just uh, touching on like like dead shot um i thought that his affection for harley and willingness to let her you know kind of operate on her own level i i don't know if, if it wouldn't have been better off having harley being willing to sacrifice her team because she just seemed like oh if he comes for me i'm leaving and it won't be you know no consequences for anybody else but i'm gonna get out of here um so i thought you know being more true to her character it should have put them in greater danger at that point and didn't Uh, a buddy of mine uh he took issue with deadshot being able to look through that top secret binder really really quick and know what's going on i'm like no his his powers are not his powers, but he has, he's, you know, that human with the almost superhuman level of being able to do stuff. So like his, oh, yeah, his processing ability is faster than everybody else. So he can probably speed read a binder <laughs> and know exactly what's going on. You know, so I didn't take issue with that, but, um, no, I thought his characterization was good. I think probably the one person they really dropped the ball on characterize or character wise was Rick flag. Um, because, and I heard people blame the actor. It's like, no, they didn't give him anything to do. They let him be in love and kind of be the good soldier. And that's all they gave
4: can him you, Can you imagine if Tom Hardy actually played that role, though? Like, it's no, a it was whole smart. different movie. so my buddy a buddy different that movie Tom him, Hardy's in that movie.
3: I tell him it's a little bit better with Tom Hardy. Like No. I love, I love, well, here's the thing.
4: I love Tom Hardy. No. Bronson oh,
3: is one of my favorite things ever. And then uh, I forget the title of the movie with him and uh, James Gandolfini. It was like the last movie James Gandolfini did before he died, where they're uh, like... The uh, Drop? The Drop, yeah, and he's like the Boston bartender, and then, you know, they have that twist at the end. No, I think that Tom Hardy is fantastic. And yeah, he would have given more characters of the
4: role. Do they write different things on paper, though, because he's there? Like, I, I don't know. This It's just, it's different. If you have one guy deliver lines one way, and you have Another guy delivering another way, you can get two totally different performances, right? Yeah. But there's a there's a rule that I have when it comes to film, and the number one rule is Tom Hari does not make a bad movie. You is can make anything. Lawless. Facts. Uh, Warrior. Uh, he was briefly in Revenant, but what he did was really good. So um, I even saw Child. What was it? Child 66, or uh, where he played like the 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 Nazi detective. And I'm like, even that was good. And most of that was in like German or Russian. I don't know what it was, but, um, I was just fantasizing. Like I could see Tom Hardy just delivering the lines better. He probably, because he's just such um, a veteran actor now, probably helps out with some of the the lines that didn't really work that well Mm -hmm. and all that. But, um, we, we needed some of those, like I said, those one-liners they took out, I think really would have carried it along a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think Enchantress, like you said, is fine. It's a fine, you know, baddie big bad mm-hmm. or whatever. But I see first time out, you take it a little bit less. And you, you do, you know, put them up against somebody that's just a regular Joe Schmo. Yeah, chase, got a militia. chase down
3: some other Team of bad guys, or some warlord, or hell chase down Bane if you have to, and, and bring Common. him along.
4: Common, yeah. Common's got a, a gang and he's doing yeah. stuff. Or Joker, Joker would have been fine. I know that that's probably it, what people were expecting, and it, that's what yeah. some people got really really mad about. Like they're not, really chasing not chasing the Joker him. in the film. Yeah. No, they were not. So, but here's
3: yeah. the thing. Um, so with Enchantress, like I didn't like that all of a sudden. You know this character that you that is mysterious says man has forgot about us doesn't worship us anymore so we're going to build a machine that he cares about so much to destroy man i was like wow this happened in six minutes (laughs) 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 their whole like her whole getting back at everybody happened in six minutes like there's no there's enough movie to where you can build to this and you can have her walk through the streets and you know express what her issue is and like like I know Avengers had way more time to work with, but you understood Loki's problem with people was that his brother loved people so much. Like, uh, Loki, but not but not Ultron. Yeah. Well. Oh no. They nobody who's a, an objective person will tell you that Avengers two was good, quote unquote. They'll say <laughs> it's okay. They'll say they appreciated things that happened. Um, oh You know, but nobody will tell you it's good. Like they like okay. I love James Spader. I'm a huge James Spader fan. Like, bringing him then, in after, after you know, uh, after Michael Scott on The Office, um, you know, he's fantastic. But And he was mm-hmm, great mm-hmm. as a voice for that role, but no, they they screwed Ultron up. Um, he is supposed to be more, and they made him less. Like, they let Vision basically beat him in a blow, and then Vision was just another guy. Um, you know, he had to be depowered to make Cap 3 work. So there's, there's issues there. But no, I thought it was way too convenient to get to her. I thought you know um the way they got to defeating her and we'll talk about el diablo and croc in a second because i think that deserves our our particular attention me and you um but yeah i I just thought that you know she was all of a sudden all powerful and her machine in the sky was way too much like 15 other movies big machine in the sky including avengers um including age of ultron too I i thought big machine in the sky was overdone um but uh I, people knocked her as a character, too, like as an actress. And I was like, no, their relationship is fine because she's playing it straight. But, again, I, I, I couldn't get into, like, the feel of it and him caring about her so much at the end because you didn't create that story. You basically had Amanda Waller say, hey, my plan for them falling in love worked, and he shows concern for her when she's not feeling well. It's just yeah, it, you weren't yeah. invested in them, so you didn't care if he saved her or if he had to kill her. She was just like, oh, she's gone. You know, and, it
4: and, I, out and I don't think Enchantress is sort of in every version of the Suicide Squad comics mm-hmm. or TV show-wise. So, again, I think maybe that character you kind of don't roll with. and
3: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right and here. With you. You go,
4: and you go after somebody you know, lesser on the totem pole, somebody with you know just regular powers, a nuclear weapon. Let's do that like, again. Where's, on where's
3: Deathstroke? He's hanging out somewhere. <laughs> you know he's, he's gorilla Grom. exactly he's kicking it somewhere flash doesn't need to fight him right away like there's there's people out there to kill um but yeah it was um like to put this team together which is mostly normals quote-unquote and have them just go and fight this super force that took over this city that nobody we care about lives in like it's, you know just stuff um so so let's get into what i think most people have addressed as what's the bad um And it's three characters. It's Katana, it's El Diablo, and it's Croc. Okay? Um, I am very forgiving of how they treat Asian characters. The reason being um, is that I don't feel, in, in most cases, that those characters are treated with disrespect. Now, are they stereotyped and typecast as the stoic... Honorable, sword wielding, quiet, proper individual. Yeah, um, I think they did her a disservice by, oh, this is what happened to her husband, and souls go into that sword, and we had no evidence of souls being in that sword, save for like one conversation. Like, there's a better way to present that. But I thought, you know, her role is kind of the uh, the wild, not the wild card on the team, but she was the big joker that they brought in just in case something went bad, and you had faith in her abilities. Now. Um El Diablo and you know shout out to Jay Hernandez for being dead and gone as an actor and then doing this and really I think hitting a good mark as far as what they gave him to do. But you know, Charlie. you talked about end of watch and you talked about training day. This is a character who, if they had supernatural characters, is straight out of that portion of LA. Like that's that's what this is that they're presenting, you know. Um I thought it was cool how they presented, you know, how his family was gone and why he didn't want to fight and use his power, and then, you know, the way they presented it at the end was good, but you can have a problem with, you know, a Hispanic character being kind of stereotyped as a gang guy, and I wear a wife-beater guy, and I have tattoos all over my face, and my family looks like this, and my house is like this, and I bang. Like, there's there's issues there that I do understand um, that I can't totally empathize with, but I won't be the one to tell somebody that they're wrong when it happens. And then the biggest, I gotcha, I gotcha. One, the biggest one is Croc. And the biggest one is <laughs> because of this. Now, Ted, when we were kids, um, to, you know, to date ourselves to anybody listening to this, you and I graduated mm-hmm. high school in 2003, okay? So around it that is. time and a couple of years after, like during the time we're in college, that's when BET Uncut is a, is a big thing. Because <laughs> you're still at your parents' house, so you're not, going, you're not going to turn it to, you know, Channel 99 on the box. But, you know, I happen to still be watching BET, <laughs> and I can't help it if these videos are on, you know? Um, but no, Croc's only thing that he wanted, um, you know, Killer Croc, man who, for one reason or another, depending on what book you read, grows scales and teeth and claws and has been known to bite people and, you know, eat, eat people's people. hands. Uh, shout out to oh, the yeah. man, uh, Officer Cash. Um, the only thing he wanted was BET, and they gave him BET in his cell, and he was watching uncut videos. Now, anybody, like, any black person will tell you. BET doesn't show those kind of videos anymore. You can't find them to the point where BET was advertising uncut coming back, and a bunch of us tuned into BET one night, and they hit us with jokes on you. You can go watch those videos anywhere. We're not showing that anymore. So it was just like you threw something in – like you threw in a stereotype that's factually incorrect that nobody can latch on to because you thought you should, and this is ridiculous,
4: you know, so – yeah, um, there's got to be a behind-the-joke or, like, uh, you know, um, you had to be that kind of thing to put mm-hmm. that in there. there. There has to be something. Somebody must have said in the writing room about a story they told because that was really out of nowhere and very, you know, uh, I don't know, very stereotypical. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming, by the way. The whole Jay Hernandez thing, here's the thing. I don't mind the wife, Peter. I don't mind the tats. I don't mind the backstory I thought was great. And he, he had a pretty good story for most of the movie. But um, it's the accent. It's too heavy. It's yeah. like, who, no, even if you are a cholo, I'm using air quotes for those of you who don't know, you yeah. trying to portray a cholo. And there might be a, a lot of what David Ayer, the director, was doing because he used to run in gangs before he was making movies. Yeah. I just found all this out a couple of days ago. Homeboy was running the game. I'm like, wow, that's a very different career choice that you went with there. And it worked out really well. But uh, so I might I might pin that one on David, uh, doing such a heavy accent and, and really running with that. You didn't have to go that far. You really did not. I'm not offended. I don't know if I should be. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm. you know, I think it's fine. I'd lose the accent. I'd roll with the rest of it. And uh, I think it works out better that way. Yeah. And then you say katana, lose katana. You really didn't, didn't need. Didn't really her. Serve I think a the whole, in this movie. I agree. No, the sword of souls and all that. That's just for the fanboys. Nobody else in the audience, if you don't know this character, cares about the sword, or it's just confusing. It's just mm-hmm. confusing. It's like. And Batman v Superman throwing in the flash in the middle of the movie and pretend that Bruce is waking up from a second nightmare. It's just, it's for the fans, the fanboys. Mm-hmm. It's not for the general audience. That's just confusing. So you probably leave Alcatand, just go around, and bring your later on or make it a cameo. But, you know, that's it. Don't go beyond that.
3: No, I dig. Um, and, 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 yeah, I, you're, you're, you're right on the money with that. Um, you know, speaking of cameos, I thought, The Batman cameos were done very well, Um, perfect maybe even. Um, You know, I I love Ben Affleck as Batman. I I really do. I'm glad I came around on Affleck in general like years ago, but I thought that was fantastic. Um, But no, like, Ted, here's the thing, and we're gonna and we're gonna kind of wrap this up here. After all those things that we've said and things I haven't been Mm -hmm. super high about, I still recommend this movie. Like, I still think this movie is a 7 out of 10. Like, I think it's a passable movie, and I hope that they get the chance to do more with it. If, if you had to put
4: a, a number score on it, what would it be? Actually, I'm I'm right there with you. 7, 7.5, if you're on that kind of a scale. Mm-hmm. But I think 7 is more than enough. It, it's a fair rating at that point. I think it, it's humorous when it needs to be. I think it the action is done extremely well. We talked about the Deadshot stuff. I think if you're a fanboy, you got all of the nostalgia of seeing um, the Joker and the Harley covers and her in the Jester suit and dropping her in the the pit and all that on the Acme acid or the Joker.
3: Yeah.
4: Not uh, the uh,
3: Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the dip. (laughs)
4: Uh, That's exactly what it was. no. I think all that was done well, and then to my surprise, you had some slightly emotional moments. You talked about, you know, Snyder not having any soul in this films. I think Deadshot was probably most of all yeah. giving us those moments with his daughter. Agreed. Earlier, all in the film when he's got the gun pointed and the daughter jumps in. Listen, I did not see that coming, and then that I'm like, oh my really god, cool. what's gonna happen? Yeah, like, that, that was, was really powerful. Cool. Right. Powerful. Name another movie where that's happened. Any, any movie where, like, a child of the, the shooter is getting in the way, I, I've not seen that since, oof. Have you ever watched New York on the cover?
3: I, of course. Malik Yoba and um, Michael Elizondo.
4: Of course. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so <laughs> there's this one episode where oh, Malik Yoba had a son. I'm, I forget the name. Um, but it was, was it Dre? Beginning. Dre sounds right. Yeah. Dre sounds right, but Malik and uh, Michael DeLorenzo... Michael DeLorenzo, they were They were investigating the shooter of this murder, and they find the guy, and it's one of Dre's friends, and the, the friend pulls the gun on Dre, and Dre's like, you gonna shoot me, for real? Like, I'm your friend. And I'm like, that took me back to that moment. I've never seen something like that since then. But anyways... um. It had heart when it needed to. It was really funny. I think if you're a general audience member, you're going to find enough in this film to go see it. If you're a fanboy, I think this fills a little bit of that DC void that you've been wanting. It's a lot more characters. It dives really deep into a lot of the backstory and a lot of the history. So there's there's a lot out there for everyone. No, agreed. Uh, it
3: was seven. just, uh, yeah, seven, and I think I think seven is fair. I think seven is, um, I think it's what you want, you know, on your movie. In that, um, yeah, you, you know, I, I think that's a compliment. If it's passable, that means people will go see it. Um, I I'd go watch it again, you know, to, probably to look for more holes for the most part. But I definitely go watch it again. Um, again, just to really a really fun time at the theater a- and me being as pessimistic as I am. That's not always what, you know, I'd say movies are, but I thought this was a joy. Um, I'm always here for that Will Smith for summer blockbuster, Will Smith um, for independence. Day will. And even though it was a cornball like wild, wild West will, um, you know, I, I loved, I am robot will. And I think that's kind of who we got, you know, somebody mad at the world, but still confident in their own skills and crafts. Um, you know, I'm I am interested. Legend. Yeah, I am legend. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm interested to see where we go with you know Deadshot as a future character. Like to me, I don't know how many Batman movies you get to do, but a Batman versus Deadshot movie, Ben Affleck and Will Smith would make a ton of money, and they're both going to be oh, really yeah. good in it. Like somebody puts a contract on Batman, and he decides he just has to go that route.
4: You know, um, we might do that for free
3: nowadays Yeah right And, and you know the, the big thing coming out of this um, Of course you know, If you blink you miss it uh, When they're given the character Bios you know They said that Harley Quinn was complicit In the death of Robin They didn't say he, she killed him But she was complicit no. in the death of Robin So exactly. You know, from what I'm hearing And again a gripe with Snyder From what I'm understanding He said that the Robin that was killed was Dick Grayson and, like, there's no reason to do that. There's no reason not to make it Jason Todd and to tell this great story about the Red Hood, and even if you go there, or even if there is no Red Hood, there's no reason that the, you know, the second Robin can't be the kid that this happened to, and just either not have Dick Grayson involved at all, or have Dick Grayson off in Bloodhaven doing his Nightwing thing. And, you know, because Cyborg's around, and that might be a thing eventually. So, you know, um, I'm interested to see where they go from there. Now, something we definitely have to talk about before we get out of here, thumbs up or thumbs down on the Flash costume?
4: I am going to say thumbs up. Okay. Only because you understand, I mean, everybody can see they're going for a New 52 style Flash, mm-hmm. which is fine. I, I tend to like it in, in, in the comics uh, if you're playing Justice. It's, you know, how and that's what the jumped out to do kind of
3: the Injustice costume is what jumped
4: out to me. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. And you get to see it a little bit in this film, so you kind of get to see him. It's funny because nobody knew, uh, none of the cast knew the it, flashes in this film until they saw it. You could thank Zack Snyder for that one as well. I think, um,
3: um, like, here's my the kind of issue, but I kind of get why it happened, too. Like, the Flash... Like, you know, me and you have already talked about it. Like, one, it's a show that I've done, gosh, 24 shows on because I really like it. I think that they have the essence of that character down. I think Barry Allen is going to progress to be a mentor to other flashes and characters depending on how long they get to run. But they've done Barry Allen so well, I think that the, the Snyderverse, as you might want to call it, is afraid to do something so similar to that character. They shouldn't be, but I understand the concern, because Grant Gustin kills it, and that writing staff kills it, and the supporting actors playing off of him, they kill it. So I understand going a different route. Um, My biggest issue is this. You you can't make Aquaman in a dumb green and orange costume, because you can't. Because not like with the X-Men franchise, where they thought they couldn't do costumes, and they did the black leather, and then they saw Marvel, like they saw Marvel Studios do the costume. Holding it off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, not like that, but in the sense that Wonder Woman looks like Wonder Woman does in the comics. You know, again, Aquaman kind of has to be different. Cyborg looks like Cyborg in the comics. Even though Batman is, you know, Dark Knight Returns Batman, he looks like Batman in the comics. But yes, he does. Flash is the one who doesn't look like he looks normally. And, you know, Flash pretty much didn't have a wardrobe change throughout, like, since 1950 up until the last few years. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of hard to get used to. Like, to me, it's weird it's coming out in such close proximity to the Power Rangers movie because he looks like the Red Ranger. <laughs> he's, wearing, he's wearing a Red Guyver costume, you know? Um, he, sure, he sure is. Yeah, but... My biggest concern is they seem to be making Barry Allen more Wally West as a character because Barry Allen wasn't like a goof standout, nobody wants to be around me, I'm out of place guy. You know, Barry Allen was cool, for lack of a better way of saying He had a good job and was good with his coworkers, and, you know, it progressed like that. So, uh, you know, I I don't want to cast judgment this early, but, you know, I posed a question to some buddies of mine like, When you see a costume that you deem bad before the movie comes out, it typically leads to the movie not being what you wanted it to be. And my big examples were uh, Batman versus, or Batman and Robin, with the uh, the snow suits. You know, we got to wear our metallic suits and you know bat nipples. And uh, the other (laughs) one was, of course, Catwoman. And you know, Catwoman came out. I think the summer after we graduated, I took a girl. Oh yeah. And this is like the height of my Holly Berry crush, and I've never been so pissed to go to a movie <laughs> in my life. I was so mad. I was like, this is so horrible. How could they do this to me? So, yeah, um, uh, you, know, so, yeah. But, you know, we'll see. Again, like, I'm one, we both know that I'm going to see all these movies. <laughs> like you know, Whether I of complain course. about them or not, they're getting my money. So. so we'll see. No but, question. Again, like, to me, there are more positive things coming out of this movie than negative, and that's really – You know, at this point, with my personal disappointment in the first two movies we've done, now I'm in a good space that I want to see more. Like, I think Aquaman – I know Wonder Woman's going to be good. Not only is it going to be good, they're going to make so much money.
4: Oh, crazy money.
3: They are going to make all the money because we're all going to see it. And this is – like, of course, Captain Marvel's down the pipe, but this movie is going to make so much money and sell so much merchandise to little girls. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. You know, it's going to be great. Um… But, yeah, man, that's, that's kind of how I feel coming out, man. Anything else you want to add?
4: Uh, a couple of things. Scott Eastman, uh, Eastwood. Scott Eastwood. I'm confused because leading up to this film, Suicide Squad, we just saw, mm-hmm. Scott Eastwood was in all of the press tours. He was doing a lot of interviews. And people kept saying, like, nobody knows the name of your character. Why is it so hush hush?" And he kept giving off this this feeling that it was a secret and that, you know, it, it kind of meant something and mm. there was going to be this reveal. And so I was waiting for that twist. I was waiting for that, that revelation throughout the film. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, his character was wearing a cap, a backwards cap for the first half of the film. And on that cap was a on the back of it was, a, was an upside-down triangle, and it was small. But if you looked at it really closely, it looks like a Nightwing symbol. And so I was like waiting either for the right shot of that logo or just for the moment when he was going to, I don't know, just like make a call to Bruce or something, like something mm-hmm. like that. Like I thought this might be it. You know, I'm finally going to see Nightwing on the screen. I've been waiting for this my whole life. Uh, he's like my favorite, second favorite character Fantastic. in comics. Yeah. And then not only did he not have some big reveal, but they kind of threw him to his death without any hesitation. Yeah. Like, Get that's out of here. the plan. Like, yeah. Listen, <laughs> that was the plan. Like, hey, you're going to go press on on the ball. Like, he didn't hesitate. There was no, like, it's been nice knowing you. Like, take care of my family for me, you know, tell my wife I love her, nothing. It was uh-huh. just, here, go that way, press, pa- you know, press play, and that's going to be it. Like, yep. what the hell happened? I did not understand that whatsoever. I did not understand it. I, that was probably my biggest gripe. And it's funny because that's not even like a major major plot point in the movie. You know, yeah, but I'm like, why was this guy casted just to blow himself up? I have no understanding of that. That was yeah. the weirdest decision of this movie that I think I can go with. But uh, Wonder Woman, is, I think it's going to be really, really good. Not only because Jeff Johns is finally on board, and this yeah. is sort of the first project under his belt, but also, uh, I forget the director's name, but it's a female director, and what better way to put a woman on a screen... And empower her for the majority and the masses, uh, but to hire a female director who are, who's yep. going to right exactly. know how to do that the right way. A dude's not going to do that the right way. A female exactly. who knows it, what she's doing yeah, is going to do it. Yeah,
3: you need that point of view and you need that input, and I think it's smart that they're doing that. I agree. I agree. Exactly. No, we just need you know a black guy with a prosthetic limb to do the cyborg movie, and we'll be perfect. All right. <laughs> but no um i'm I, again i'm equally excited about that movie i think they're gonna do they're gonna do well and I, again i think this reflects good on whatever future batman movie they're gonna do i think you know if, if they address these characters in justice league i think it's good i just think you know i i think a, a c is passing and i don't think there's anything wrong with that especially you know how i felt about earlier movies um you know, looking forward to it, man, we got to, um, there, there's so many movies out here, man. We got to do this again, uh, before it's, uh, before we can't do it again. We got to make this happen.
4: Not only um, I'm going to have to bring you on to our, my show later on, but I also got to bring you down here to SA for, uh, the, uh, Comic-Con coming in October.
3: That's uh, in October, October what? Put a, put a date on it.
4: It is a weekend before Halloween. Okay, so like before 20, Halloween, oh, so that's seven eight, a good costume times, weekend. If look, it's the best as, costume weekend.
3: As long as as long as there's not a football game that I have to sit down and watch with with the the, the squad, I will do that. We'll make that happen. Um, Done. So yeah, man. Again, I uh, appreciate my man Ted from the uh, Countdown City Geekcast for spending this time with me. Um, Ted, before we get out of here, man, you want to drop those? Uh, you want to drop off the uh the GeekCast info one time for the people one more time?
4: Find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, Twitter at Podcast or find us at countdowncitygeekcast.com. Just to remind everybody out there, San Diego Comic-Con just passed a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago now, and there's a lot of videos. You may have heard all the big news and all the big stories, But there's a lot of other smaller things that happen. There's a lot of magic that happens at San Diego Comic-Con. If you want to see uh, Grant, Gustin, and Jesse from the Flash TV show Cat Dancing in front of an auditorium of uh, 4,000 people, we have a video of that. Uh, We have the cast of Arrow singing some, like, 80s pop tune. Check that out. And then uh, there's a video of uh, my son, AJ Nightwing, doing a quick, very quick, short Q&A with Melissa Benoist, Supergirl herself. Uh, go ahead and check that out as well.
3: Which was the cutest thing I've ever seen. It really was. It was fantastic. And oh my oh God. My, it was I've, so
4: cute. Uh, one yeah. of the proudest moments, one of the proudest father moments of my
3: life. Oh, God. Right it. there. Yeah. But yeah, um, so that'll do it, man. This has been the, uh, the South Congress Podcast Fan by Fan Show with uh, my man Ted from the Countdown City Geekcast reviewing the Suicide Squad. Um, That'll do it for us this week, and we're out! And I ain't Ron
1: Reagan, I ain't saying you should say no. I'm saying take it. You gotta master your high. Open your eyes, see this bastard this fly. I think I'm Malcolm Little. I think I'm Du boys, Think I'm Vonnegut, I'm the new Freud. Think I am the leader, leader of the people. Goddamn, I'm a black superhero. I'm a black superhero. I'm a black superhero.
0: This week's South Congress podcast, take a second to give us a review and rating, whether it be on iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel Player, or any other podcasting format. The more reviews and ratings we get, the easier it is for new listeners to find the show. Thanks for listening.
1: And yo, tell somebody to tell somebody. To tell somebody to tell somebody.
0: Yeah.